everyone and you are welcome to another edition of equip with pastor two on greener 95.9 fm we know it's going to be a blessing as we listen to the word of god and as we equip ourselves for another week with god's word can you call a friend call a family member share if you are those of us watching online um so that others could also be equipped and be blessed by God's word today. Can you lay your hands on your heart if you are ready for the word of God and let's just pray that Holy Ghost you speak to us. We pray that you have your way. We pray that your word will be sown into our heart. We pray that your God will have a transformation of God in mind and in heart that we will know that it was good. We listen to your word tonight in Jesus precious name. We pray with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Jeremiah chapter number one verse 11 to 12 jeremiah chapter number 1 verse 11 to 12 and matthew chapter 6 verse 22 and 23 so jeremiah chapter 1 11 and 12 says that moreover the word of the lord came to me saying jeremiah what do you see and i said i see a branch of an almond tree then the lord said to me you have seen well or you have seen correctly for i am ready to perform my word I am ready to perform my word. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 to 23, Jesus speaking, he says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. I want us to continue our discussion on what do you see? What do you see? By now we are fully aware of the fact that we see with our minds more than we do with our eyes. But our eyes and our minds work together to help us to be able to see and interpret our world. Our eyes only see light. It is our brains that says that the light our eyes are looking at is a human being or is a space or is a room or is a phone. It's the brain that interprets the light. When That is the reason why when the light goes off, even though our eyes are open, we still cannot see because there is no light entering our eyes for our brains to interpret what the light is. And, 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 and because there is no light coming into your eyes, as it were, your brain is also shut down. Now the caution here is then we have to be very much careful and cautious about the kind of light that goes into our eyes. And we also have to be sure that our minds are not blinded by experiences, by exposure, by fears, by expectation or by the devil. We have to be sure of that because if our minds remain blinded, it means that our minds will not expect to see something even though we could be looking right at it. And it means that we could go past a good thing and we'll still not see it because our minds do not expect them or do not expect that good thing to be there. You could be looking at it and never see it because in your mind, it is not supposed to be there. May our minds be open in the name of Jesus. Now, because the mind and the eyes work together to interpret our world, it goes to say that when your eye has a problem, 
them, then your mind will have a problem interpreting its world. And if your mind has a problem, the eyes will have a problem as to what it sees. So Jesus said, if your eye is healthy, your whole body, in other words, your whole life will be full of light. But if your eye is sick, oh, how great is the darkness of your light. If your eye is sick, light will still come. But the light in you is some way, somehow going to turn into darkness. If the tool of, your, of our perception is damaged, how dark our life will be. And so tonight God is asking you on a quip, what do you see? Before God entrusts any great thing into your hands, you must first pass the test of vision because you become what you see, one, you possess what you see, two, and three, you go in circles without a vision. So God asked Jeremiah, what do you see? And God is asking you and I, what do you see? What do you see of your life? Do you see your life as one growing to fulfill your God's given purposes and assignments? Or you see your life as one who is going to become beggarly and poor, that will need help and always being pitied by others? What do you see of your family? What do you see of your marriage? Do you see the both of you growing together or you see the both of you growing apart? Whatever you see, you will possess it. God says, what do you see? The interaction between God and Jeremiah revealed three remarkable lessons of which we discussed the first two last week. I'm just mentioning that God asked Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah responded to God's word. So the first truth is that we must see only in response to God's word. The devil will talk to you. The world will talk to you. Your community will talk to you. Your environment will speak to you. You are going to see all kinds of things. But if you are going to see in response to them instead of the word of God, then that means that you are going to have danger. You have to see what God is saying. We must see only in response to God's word. God said to Jeremiah, the second one is that you have seen correctly. Jerry, you have seen correctly. And so the second truth is that we can either see correctly or incorrectly. We can either see correctly or incorrectly. And whether we see correctly or incorrectly is very much dependent on the state of our minds at a time we're looking at what we're looking at. And I've seen this before. You can have two people listening to the same comedy and one will laugh to tears. I mean, there is in tears and everything and ribs crackling and all of that. And the other guy is just sitting down asking, well, what's happening? And like you can see from the face, like, ah, what are they even doing here? It's not because of them. It's because of the state of their mind. Perhaps they don't make anything out of the joke. They don't see anything good out of it. The state of their mind cannot process it as comedy. So they can see it even though they are listening to the same thing. And, and you can put two people in the same place and one will come excited and, 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 and with all kinds of possibilities that they can see. Another person will come grim and saddened with all the impossibilities in the place. Let me give this example. It's a little, um, you know, course, but let me just give it all the same. You give a woman to a husband and it's very likely he will see a wife out of her. But give that same woman to a pimp. 
and he's going to see a prostitute out of her. It is the same woman. It's just the way or the state of the mind of whoever received her. What they said, I want to say to you, was not really that bad. It was just the state of your mind at the time they said what they said. It is possible that your wife is not as bad as you are painting her to be. It is possible that your job, that your family, that your community, that your church, that your pastor may not be as bad as you seem to see. It could just be the states of your mind. It is my prayer that as God is equipping us, he will equip you to be able to take away the bad and negative state of mind so that you can have a positive state of mind, a kind of mind that he wants you to have in order to be able to see exactly what he wants you to see. Somebody say amen. Now the third truth is that God said, Jerry, you have seen correctly. Now I am ready to do my word. Now, I'm ready to do my word. Now, this is very powerful and scary at the same time. Um, the performance of God in our lives are predicated on how correctly we see his word. In short, it means that God will only perform when we see his word correctly. God will only act in our lives when we see his word correctly. God will only come true for us when we see his word correctly. You see, until we see Christ's, um, Jesus' work of salvation, we won't see its relevance. And so we will not come to him and we will not benefit from the gift of salvation he has for us. That is how come some people are, are, are okay not being saved because they can't see the relevance of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Until you see God as your redeemer, you won't go to him and you will not benefit from his redeeming grace. Until you see God as a healer, you continue to go to doctors and hospitals and there's nothing wrong with that. You can go to doctors and hospitals, but you are not going to receive divine healing because you don't see divine healing in God. Until you see God as a provider, you continue to count on your job or your business or the labor of your hands to supply the needs of your life because you don't see God as a provider. And because you don't see him, he's not coming through for you. His word is not going to act or his word is not going to be, 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 be demonstrated on your, in your life because you can't see it. The reason many of us cannot see God is because we can't see what he is saying. We can see it. There are so many things that have clouded our eyes. And so regardless of what God says to us, we can see his word. He says, I love you and I'll give you the best of life. And your experience is telling you, ah, it's a lie. I've gone through bad situation after the other. The next one will still be bad. So because you can't see God's word, you're unable to possess it. Or rather, he doesn't perform on your behalf. He said to us that you are covered in me. You are hidden in me in Christ Jesus. You are hidden in Christ Jesus in me. That's what God said. But because some of us cannot see it, we have witches playing in our backyard, and the devil playing badminton in our houses and messing up our family, messing up our children. He walks in and out of our homes anytime because we can't see the protection, the protective grace or the hand of God that protects us. We, we can see it. And because we can't see it, God is not performing his word. Can you see God's word? 
if you can see that his angels, he has given them charge over your lives, you can see that no witch will fly over your home. No devil will fly over your home. Can you see yourself walking in God's goodness because his word says that tell the righteous it shall be well with him. Can you see yourself walking in God's wellness? If you can see it, you will have it. Can you see yourself free from addiction and bondage? And because the word of God says that he who the son sets free, he is free indeed. Can you see yourself? Can you see yourself ever getting out of the trouble of lust, the addiction of pornography and masturbation? If you can see it, if you can see the word of God, can you see yourself living long and a healthy life? Because the word of God has said that with long life will he satisfy us. They come to you, they tell, they tell you that the child is abnormal. You say, hey, all good and perfect gifts come from the heavenly father above. And children are a gift from God. My child cannot be abnormal. If you can see it, God will do it. If you can see that whatsoever a righteous man shall do, he shall prosper. God will bring you fruit even in the most difficult place. Even in the foreign land, you will prosper. Isaac was in the foreign land and he still prospered because he saw what God had said to him. God said to him, stay in this land and I will bless you. If you can see it, the, the issue is that we don't see correctly. We see often um, blurry and, and, and we see we try to see a little of the word of God and, and before from the bomb. So it's some way in our lives and so, and so we are not able to see God's word correctly and therefore he doesn't perform his word in our lives. It is my prayer that in this season and as you are listening to Equip, as you are listening to this day in, night after night, week after week, that God will begin to transform your mind, transform your thinking until you are able to see his word in Jesus' name. Now, let me just take a little detour and I'll say this, that just the fact that God says, if you can see it, I'm going to give it to you. Or if you can see my word, I'm going to give it to you. It doesn't mean that you can see somebody's wife as your wife and God is going to give it to you. Or you can go and see somebody's house as your house and God is going to give it to you. No, you have to see his word. As much of looking at such a thing is even incorrectly. Now, the thing is this, as important as um, how we see your vision is important to our lives, the truth of the matter is that most of us have distorted vision. Most of us have a distorted vision. And so Jesus said in Matthew 6, 22 to 23, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And like I explained earlier, light from our environment enters our eyes and then the brain interprets the light. It means then that the degree of light then is proportional to the degree of our vision. The degree of light we receive in our lives is very much proportional to the degree of our vision. Let me explain with a very simple thing. If the light goes off in your room and you switch on or you know you just switch on the match uh, matches one light, you see that your vision is small because the light from the match is small. If in the same room you switch a torchlight, you realize that the vision is expanded a little because torchlight's light is brighter than the matches. But in the same room, it is illuminated by your electrical bulb. You realize that you can see almost everything in your room because your vision has been broadened. It's a very simple thing. The light coming into your life 
is very much what is determined the kind of vision that you have, whether your vision is small or your vision is big, whether your vision is distorted or your vision is accurate and sharp, is dependent upon the degree of light that is coming into your life. The level of your illumination determines the pace of our lives. The level of our illumination determines the speed in our lives. Light goes off right now, we all stop because you know that, you know, if you're going to take the next step, you may hit against something. Light goes off, we slow down. When light is on, we are fast. The speed in our lives are determined by the level of light you have. But Jesus, this is what Jesus said. He says that the, the, the light in you, if your eye is good, great is your light. If your eye is bad, the light in you is darkness. So what is the light Jesus was talking about? Light represents revelation, knowledge, and information. Revelation, knowledge, and information. So what we are trying to talk about, what Jesus is trying to say to us is that the level of information and revelation you have determines your vision. The level of revelation and vision, uh, um, information and knowledge you have determine your pace in life. He says that if your info, information receiving tool, that is the lamp, that is your eye, he says if it is bad, your life will be full of darkness. But if it is good, your light, your life will be full of light. Now, Jesus knows that it's very important what we hear and how we hear. But in this particular presentation, he was trying to say, show us something. That we are not transformed as much by what we hear than as we are transformed by what we see. We are not as transformed by what we hear as much as we are transformed by what we see. Check this out. You can have somebody in this town, in this city, or maybe somebody in some village somewhere, and you could tell them all about Accra, or you can tell them all about USA. And, and they'll hear the information, and it's nice, but it won't change them much. Until this guy travels to US, goes and stays there for 10 years, comes back, you realize that his thinking has changed, his speaking has changed, sometimes the walking change, even their talking change, and all of that. They never change by hearing much about USA, but they change a lot when they saw USA. So God is saying to you and I that it doesn't really matter how much you are hearing until you can see what you are hearing. You are going to be changed by what you are looking at more than what you are seeing. That is why meditation is so important. That is why we have to meditate on the word of God. That is why God tries to give us pictures so that we can see his word and know that we are capable of becoming that. We are not as transformed by what we hear as much as we are transformed by what we see. And he's saying to us that you can sit in church for all you want. You can listen to equip for all you want. Until you can see it, no transformation is going to take place in your life. And he says if your eye is healthy, your body is full of light. Your body is full of good information. Your body is full of goodness. Your body is full of great things. That is if you're receiving to lose great. But if the light in you is darkness, it means that your eye is sick. And for a long time, I used to think about it. But how is it that light becomes darkness in us? If your eye is bad, then the light in you shall be a great darkness. So how did light become darkness? Two ways. Two ways the light can become darkness. One, the kind of information we receive 
can make the light in us darkness. The kind of revelation, knowledge, information you have been exposed to can make your life full of darkness. Two, the two we receive the information with. So the mind of which we receive the information with, if it is faulty, can make our whole lives full of darkness. Let's take, a, take them one by one. Now, the kind of information or knowledge or revelation we receive determines the quality of our lives. Whether we live a dark, poor, and deprived lives, or we live a healthy, full, and successful life, are all dependent on the quality of information, the quality of knowledge we are exposed to. Take two children born on the same day, maybe the same gender, but they grew up in two different homes. You find out that as they grow, one is strong, is confident, is assertive. She has a can-do spirit and she, she's confident wherever she is. The other one is so timid. She's afraid to ask questions. She, can't, she, she, she almost always needs somebody to help her before she can do anything in her life. You, you, you realize that one is so different from the other, but they're of the same gender. They are going from different homes. You do a research, you do a check, and you see it is because of the kind of information they are receiving from the house. One, the one who is confident and assertive and has a can-do spirit and is able to ask tough and difficult questions is taught to understand that, hey, you are bigger than this. They, are, they teach them that your environment doesn't determine who you are. They teach them that there's a talent in you. They teach them that there's a purpose that you were born for. And so she grows up knowing this and it changes her. The information is good. You find out the one who is timid, afraid, um, sickly, lack of confidence and everything. You realize that in the house it is all about shouting and barking. If she comes to ask a question, keep quiet, what do you know, a little child? And keep quiet, you're a bad child. So all she keeps getting is negative information, good for nothing child, a swadding, a kwala, and all of that. So they grow up, one has confidence, is able to achieve things in life, the other one grows up can't do anything for themselves because of the kind of information that they receive in the house. The information was darkness and it made their whole life full of darkness and pain. I spoke to a certain young lady. Oh boy, people have been through things. And, and she was so afraid of the father. She was so afraid of the father. And, and, and this young lady had been molested and abused, um, even by friends and schoolmates, and she still can't say it. I mean, she's so afraid to even stand up for herself. And, 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 and you could tell that this, the, the lack of confidence in her life is because of the way she was brought up. She had, been, she had been told consistently, good for nothing, good for nothing, good for nothing. Bad information, bad light has gone into her life, and so her life has become full of pain and darkness. If the source of information information is corrupted, the light in us will be dark. We have preachers who are supposed to preach the word of God and truth and the light, you know, happily keeping people in bondage and in fear so that they can exploit them. And so they preach negativity and preach defeatist mindset to them. They tell us about limitation and how we are unable to just so that, you know, we, we refuse to preach the truth of the word of God that is liberation that tells us that God has Purchase us with his blood. We don't preach that. And so you have Christians today who are more fearful than unbelievers. 
I mean, I went to preach somewhere talking about how Christians are supposed to give a gift in green question and answer time. Somebody called me and asked, hey, but what if we give a gift to somebody and they use it as juju? I mean, you're giving a gift and somebody's going to use it. The person doesn't even know you. Or perhaps even the person knows you. Why is the person going to use a gift, your gift as a juju against you? And you believe that more than the word of God that says, I've protected you and I'm keeping you. And so, But you don't know it is true. It is not true. It's because of the kind of information that has gone into your head. You can have two people go to church. They are all believers. One is going to a church and another person is going to a different church. One is so afraid that if they have a dream, they can't drink water. They have a dream, they can't get out of their house. The other one to have a dream and trash it away. One to have a dream, get up and thank God for it. They don't want to have a dream and then they put their hands on their head. They go through a situation, one gives up, one goes through a situation and they are full of faith. Why? Because of the kind of information that they have exposed themselves to. How can the light in us be darkness? It depends on the kind of information you have exposed yourself to. If your information, if your revelation, if your knowledge is bad, it makes your whole life bad. I remember speaking to a certain gentleman, a certain businessman, and and he said to me, Pastor, you know something? If I we heard some of these words we are here, we are hearing today, some of us would have would have avoided a lot of troubles and mistakes with death in our life. They could have been avoided. I spoke to a certain man, he's old, an aged man, about 68 years of uh, of age, full of gray. And and when, when I finished preaching, he was talking to me, he was crying, he was telling me if I knew these words earlier, my life, my whole life would have been better than this. I'm telling you, the kind of information. You, you feed on is determining whether your life is going to be full of light or your life is going to be full of darkness. Please hear me and hear me strong. You cannot feed on junk and be healthy. You cannot feed on, on the world and grow strong in God. You, you cannot feed on negativity and grow your marriage. You frustrated no matter how good your spouse is. What are you listening to? Who counsels you? Whose word are you listening to? Whose message are you listening to? What are you speaking to your children? What are you speaking to your spouse? What are you speaking to your church members? Because the light that we are giving to them, revelation, information, knowledge, can be such a darkness in their lives that what was supposed to liberate them will bound them. My time with you is up. I just wanted to pray briefly and just talk to God and say, God, help me to expose myself to good light. Help me to expose myself to the light of the word of God. Help me to expose myself to good information. Help me to decipher, discern what is not going to bless me, what is going to destroy me. Help me to do this in the name of Jesus and help me to utilize the light that you've given to me. Let my, li my whole life be full of light in this season. The first tool is light. And let the information that I receive be great ones in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for your people that as they keep hearing your word, may they see the word you are talking to them about, that they'll be able to possess it and become it in Jesus' precious name. Please, if you are listening to me and you are not born again, this word is a word for you to see the light of the work of Jesus Christ. There is no salvation anywhere in any name apart from the name Jesus Christ. And so if you want to be born again, you just want to repent. You want to lay your hands on your heart and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for saving me. I come to you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I want to live for you for the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you pray this prayer with all your heart, I want to tell you that in the realms of the Spirit, things have changed. You are no longer the same. Find a Bible-believing church. 
go there and be discipled. If you are in Sunyana, look for us. And we are on top of the Kofijima building. You come there, you can worship with us on Sundays, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And or you can call this number 020 um, um, 615 We have an interaction with you and we'll help you grow in the Lord. Thank you. God bless you for staying with us. We'll see you again next week. Until then, bye-bye. Good evening once again and welcome to Equip with Pastato on Greener 95.9 FM. Call a friend, call a family, share if you are also watching on Facebook um, so that the people can also be blessed just as you are being blessed. Can you lay your hands on your heart if you are ready for the word of God and let's pray briefly that God will speak to us, that God's word will come to us with clarity, purpose and power and that our heart will be receptive towards the word of God and we will receive a transformative seed in our lives. Holy Ghost, breathe over us and brood over us in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Amen. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Jeremiah chapter number 1, verse 11 and 12. Jeremiah chapter number 1, verse 11 and 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Now, we've been discussing the subject, what do you see? And God willing, I will bring it to a conclusion today. We have understood that the mind is powerful in determining what we see in our lives. As a matter of fact, our eyes and our minds work together to determine whether our lives will be full of light or darkness, will be full of possibilities or impossibilities, will be full of can-do or cannot-do attitude. And we have also understood from the interaction between God and Jeremiah that we have to see only in response to God's word. If God has not said it, don't see it. If God has not said it, don't see it. And number two, we can see correctly or incorrectly. And then number three, God will only act when we see his word correctly. God will only act when we see his word correctly. Jesus then says in Matthew chapter number six, verse 22 and 23. Matthew chapter number six, verse 22 and 23, that the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And Jesus is saying in this particular session uh, or in this particular test that we are not as transformed by what we hear as much as we are transformed by what we see. When you see yourself as the liberated child of God that you are, then you begin to walk as one. When you see yourself as the bride of Christ that you are, then you begin to behave and act like a married woman or a married man to, to Jesus. Because when, the, when you can see it, it changes the way you act. Transformation comes 
when we see what God is trying to show us. If your eye is healthy, your body will be full of light or goodness. But if the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Light in scripture refers to knowledge, revelation, information. And Jesus is saying to you and I that the knowledge, the information or the revelation in us can be so dark. The knowledge we live our lives by can make our lives full of good things and blessings, light. Or could make our lives full of fear and impossibilities and failures and anxieties, dark. And there are two ways by which the light in us becomes darkness. Two ways in which the light in us becomes darkness. One, the kind of information we receive. If the source of information is corrupted, is full of fear and full of in, uh, impossibilities and it is defeatist, I mean, that is the kind of mentality, it won't work mentality, any kind of mentality, then the light in us will become full of darkness and our whole body will be dark. Our whole lives will be full of darkness. That is number one. Number two, the tool we use to receive the information. So two ways by which the light in us becomes dark is one, if the light source is corrupted, and two, if the two we are receiving the information, that is our minds and our mind, are corrupted. If the mind and the eye is corrupted or are corrupted, then the light, the information, the revelation, the knowledge coming into us will be full of darkness. And this is more scary than you can think about. This is a very scary thing. It means that there could be no problem with the light. There could be no problem with the information or the revelation. But if our receiving tools, that is our eyes and our minds are corrupted, the picture becomes distorted. The knowledge becomes distorted. The revelation becomes distorted. Now to explain this concept, I'll, I'll use people who wear glasses. Yeah, people who wear glasses. Now, for some people, if they remove their glasses, they cannot see even two meters ahead of them. The whole image or everything around them becomes very blurred. Now, there is no problem with the image. The image is still sharp. The image is still clear. The image is still there on point. But because their eyes cannot focus well, their minds say that the image is blurred. But the image is not blurred. I hope you get what I'm saying. So, so what happens to us likewise is that the word of God is perfect. God's word is perfect. It is still it is still powerful enough to heal and to deliver. The word of God is tried and tested and proven. It is perfect. But if the mind that is receiving the word of God is corrupted, is twisted, is bad, then what happens is that, as it were, the word of God becomes blurred and fuzzy in our lives. Not because there is a problem with the light, but because there's a problem with our minds. So look at our generation, for instance. 
Look at our generation. It doesn't matter what you preach or how much you preach. You will still get thousands of things that were wrong with the message that you preach. Our generation will tell you about it. You tell us about God experiences and then we respond, ah, don't mind them, they're lying. And then we say all kinds of funny things. As a matter of fact, we've, we have an incredible capacity to make rubbish out of even the greatest messages ever preached. Why? Because there is a problem with the way we are thinking and the way we are looking at the things of God. Agreed, agreed. Some revelations are twisted, but most are not. The real problem is with the tool with which we are receiving the word of God, which we are receiving the light. Today, we have twisted minds that have used biblical tests to explain homosexuality and, and lesbianism and fornication and abortion and all kinds of things. They would, they would go into the Bible and pick out words from the Bible or text from the Bible to defend the very corrupt thing that the Bible wants us not to, be, to have anything to do with. Why? It is not the, this, the problem is not with the word. The word is still the same. It is the minds that are interpreting or the minds that are receiving the word. The light is still okay. And so we sit in church with our corrupted self and our corrupted ways unwilling to change and explain the Bible away in many ways, not because the word of God is, has lost its potency, no, but because the, the, the tool, our eyes, as it were, have become bad and the darkness in us has become a great darkness. Just as an infection, stress or other conditions could affect our eyes and our mind from seeing correctly, likewise there are things that prevent us from seeing God's word correctly. There are things that prevent us. God said to Jeremiah, you have seen correctly. And so there are things that prevent us from seeing God's word correctly. In Luke chapter 24, the verse number 13 to 16, Luke 24, 13 to 16. Now, this has been after the, um, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus and two disciples of Jesus were walking on the road of Emmaus. And the Bible says in the verse 13, Now, behold, two of them were traveling that day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of these things which had happened. All the things that had happened, the crucifixion and the women coming to tell them about the resurrection. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Not just, just didn't draw near to, with, to them. He also went with them. 16 says, but their eyes were restrained. So they did not know him. Two of Jesus' disciples walked with Jesus on the road of Emmaus for seven miles. And the Bible says that they could not tell that it was Jesus. These are people who have been with him and stayed with him and listened to him and seen him do miracles. They should know him. They should know his voice. But the Bible says that they could not tell that it was Jesus. Why? Because the Bible says that their eyes were restrained. There are things that restrain our eyes from seeing correctly. Let's quickly discuss about five of them. Five of them. One, experience. Our experiences can so restrain our eyes and prevent us from seeing correctly and ever seeing the word of God. The eyes of Cleopas and his friend were restrained from seeing Jesus because, because of the shock 
of what they have seen and what they have witnessed just two days ago. They had witnessed the brutality of the crucifixion just two days ago. They had seen the death of Jesus. He was put in the tomb just two days ago. And so the shock of the event, the shock of the experience could not allow Cleopas and his friend, it could not allow their mind to think that it was possible that Jesus was the one working with them. It, it, the experience could not allow them because I'm thinking if they were Ghanaians walking on the road, say, hey, the way you're born, you're and, and, and you are telling us that two days later this man has resurrected. Their minds could not allow them to, to, to think that it was possible that Jesus was walking with them. Meanwhile, Jesus was right there. Jesus came right there. There are things we can go through or there are things we go through. And the shock of that experience can so shut our eyes and so restrain our eyes from ever seeing correctly experiences. And, and, and we say things like this, hey, what me at two I have seen, pa. Me at two, me didn't mean you could say we pa. Yes, Abrabon, marriage. So, so you can hear the word of God in church. You can hear the word of God on radio saying that God has good plans for you. But, but, but that experience is preventing you from seeing the word of God. Now, imagine somebody who has been duped by a pastor and he, this person hears another pastor raising funds or raising money. That's a, ah, atrofo because the experience has blocked his mind. And so you can't tell him about the blessing of giving. It has so shocked his system from ever seeing what God is trying to tell them or trying to let them see. Experiences can restrain our eyes from ever seeing correctly. But this is it. We are not to elevate our experiences above the word of God. We are not to elevate our experiences above the word of God. Our experiences are temporal, God's word is permanent. Our experiences are earthly, God's word is heavenly. And, and I want you to understand this, that even if my experiences look contrary to what God's word is, choose to believe the word of God because in the end, the word of God will be proven to be true. Number two, the second thing that can restrain our eyes from seeing correctly is the worldview. Your worldview, how you see your world. And for us typical Africans born and raised in Ghana, with a, being surrounded by a lot of African traditional religious doctrines. I mean, it's, it's so easy for us to think that everything in this world, I mean, uh, is controlled by spirit. I mean, for the average African, he believes that they are spirit who affect everything in this world. And this spirit will affect you for good or for bad if somebody invokes them against you or for you. We think this. We have even brought it into the church. I mean, it is in the way we actually explain the Bible, even though it is not right. We, are, we, we, we have brought this. So for a typical um, African, if, for instance, we, we will say this is not normal. Of course, it is not normal. But we will conclude by saying that 
You understand what I'm saying? So we, how she talks to people, whether she's just throwing herself on men, whether she's giving them sex freely and, and not even waiting until marriage, all of those things don't matter. We are going to go straight to the point that, ah, soon soon be the and ask obi, you know, because that's how we think. And we have brought this thinking into church and we try and even do um, kinds of teachings around these things. Today, people are afraid to give. I mean, it's a medium mobiness or the koyemian because the siphonic cancer and pastors are now also saying the same thing. Meanwhile, we have elevated this thinking about the word of God. God's word, which says that it will turn us what fire on their head. Uh uh, it doesn't work for us. So, so your worldview can stop God's word from working ever in your life. How do you see your world? It could be restraining you from seeing God's word correctly. Number three, our environment. Our environment can restrain our eyes from seeing correctly. Now, when I talk about the culture of Europe, because our family, our friends in Europe, and they will tell you that the, the whole environment is such a way that if, if a person talks about Christ, you want to, you, you live your life like, you know, you, you submit to Jesus and you submit to, people think you are stupid. People think you are dim with. We need answer. And I say, you know, you want to be, you're afraid of life and stuff like that. So even if a person is listening to the word of God, he's unable to see what God is trying to show them because of the, because of the constricting system, constricting environment of atheism. And the same thing is coming to Ghana. Ghana is gradually absorbing um, atheism and all kinds of things. Like people can sit on radio and sit on TV and see all kinds of things about God. And it's because Coming, it's becoming so rampant. People have, even the people in church are finding it more and more difficult to trust the word of God. They are unable to see because the environment does not permit them. I remember listening to a pastor once and he said that he, he went to do a ministry work at um, South Africa in Pumalanga. There's a city or a village in South Africa called Pumalanga. And it, is, it, is, it has a 15.4% um, HIV prevalence rate. Is the second prevalent, the second highest HIV cases in South Africa, next to one other town. And so when he started doing the ministry, he he met one young lady who was misbehaving. I mean, this girl was throwing her life around, sleeping with anything and everything in trousers. And then one day she, she he called the lady and said, but, "But why are you behaving like that?" He said, "See, Pastor, uh, in this place." When you are brought 25 years, because I know that definitely I'm going to get HIV AIDS. Even if I try and keep myself safe, you're going to marry somebody who perhaps has an HIV. And so let me enjoy my life. And so when I die at 25, I know I enjoyed my life. Now, why is it that this woman is thinking the way she is thinking? And she's living her life like the way she's living her life and throwing her life away this way because the environment has told her that when you are child 25, HIV will be. Your environment can so prevent you from seeing God. See, if you are coming from a, an environment where everybody is getting a child out of wedlock and, and, and for instance, no, all husbands are not taking care of their, their wives and kids, I'm telling you, if you stay in that environment and you don't allow the word of God to enter into you, you think that is life. And so even if God is telling you that you should be a responsible man, otherwise you're worse than infidel, you can't hear, you can't see it because the environment is restraining your eyes. I pray that your environment will not restrain your eyes. Somebody say amen. And, and, and so when God wanted to bless Abraham, the Bible says he brought him out of the tent. He, said, he changed Abraham's environment. Come out of the tent. 
the smallness, the small thinking. He came out of the small thinking, the small environment. Look at the stars. And whilst he could, when he could see the stars, when his environment was changed, his destiny was best. If you can change your environment, or if you, if you cannot, if you, you will not allow your environment to cloud your eyes, you see the word of God correctly. Right under the environment is our culture. Our culture. And culture is simply how we live. How we live. It is how we do things. And culture is so powerful that we don't, we don't have to teach you. Nobody teaches us culture. We don't even have to think about it. We, we do it without thinking. We live our culture without thinking. And I want to tell you that you have a culture. Your family has a culture. Your business has a culture. Your church has a culture. Your nation has a culture. Culture subcultures. There are culture everywhere. And, and if your culture applauds smallness, I mean, advancement will seem strange to you. If you come from a family where your culture uh, applauds mediocrities, excellence will seem too much of a stretch to you. I remember somebody walking into church when we started service, I mean, some two or three years ago, and, and the person saw the environment and how everything was in order, and he says, I why would you even think like that? Because, you know, if I'm coming from a place where everything is everywhere, except where they are supposed to be, when I enter into a place like that, I think that, ah, I don't deserve here because there's a culture. Your culture tells you that haphazard is okay. Your culture tells you that smallness is fine. And so I want you to understand that without even thinking it, consciously or unconsciously, your culture could prevent you from ever seeing the word of God. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said in Mark chapter 7 verse 13 that our culture can make God's word of no effect. That's powerful. Our traditions can make God's word of no effect. It means that you can sit in church forever and never see any significant growth in your life or changes in your life, not because of God, but because of the way you live, the tradition, the culture of your life. It is my prayer that this word will spark a change in you. And number five, being the last, is delusion and blinded minds. Delusion and blinded minds. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 3 and 4, he says that, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Now, Paul says that the devil has blinded the minds of those who cannot see the light of the gospel of Christ. So their minds are unable to see and their minds are unable to perceive the light that God is trying to show them. But I pray for you that any satanic bondage, any satanic blindfold be removed from your eyes in the name of Jesus Christ. May everyone at the sound of my voice receive light today in the name of Jesus. May the light of God tear through every darkness around your mind and around your life at the sound of my voice. As you hear this, may God's light break through every darkness in the name of Jesus. We subject every blindfolded knowledge that has risen itself against the knowledge of God under the feet of Jesus where it's supposed to be. You are called to be liberated. May your eyes see 
what God is trying to show you. The devil blinds the minds of people and causes them to believe a lie and, and, and uh, his greatest to deception. And when you believe a lie for a long time, it is so difficult for you to accept the truth. When you believe a lie for a long time, it is so difficult for you to see the truth, even if God is showing it to you. And, and many of us have believed the lie that God is against us. We have believed the lie that God hates us. We have believed the lie that God doesn't love us. We have believed the lie that, that whatever we do amount to nothing. That is the deception of the enemy. May that lie be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. You are not an underdog. You are not the tail. You are not the least. You, they may have said it in the family. They may have said it wherever you have gone. But I want to tell you that God's word, God loves you. And his word to you is light. May you see that light in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, you have believed that the word has everything it, or whatever you are looking for, the word can offer you. I came to tell somebody there is nothing in the world. And it's not because I'm a pastor. I'm telling you the gospel truth. There is nothing on the other side. The, the true blessing, true eternity, true blessing is in God. There is nothing out there, please. There, there is nothing out there. Those fun, those alcohol, those sex, those, it is nothing. It's only destroy your lives and destroy your soul. God has light for you. May this word break through in your heart in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar. He, he cannot tell the truth. I want you to know that the devil cannot tell the truth even if he tries. And so when the devil tells you you are something, say to yourself, I am not. And when the devil says you are not something, say to yourself, you are. Now he said our mistakes, will, will, because of our mistakes, we are not permitted to have the future and the hope God said we should have. It is a lie from the pit of hell. May that deception be removed in the name of Jesus. He lied to you that your disadvantages will not permit you to have the life God wants you to have. Because why? You are coming from a bad home. You didn't go to a good school. You have not been put in a good place. You are not doing your business in a, in a prosperous place. It is a lie from the pit of hell. It is not where you are. It is who is with you where you are. And if God is with you in the wilderness, he will provide water for you in the wilderness. I pray for every business person listening to me at the sound of my voice that may God's light come through for you. If you are doing your business in this time, may God open doors for you. You never ever thought and ever imagined. Why? Because God is capable. God is capable. The devil told you that your family is bad and so you cannot amount to anything. It is a lie. It's a delusion. It is blinding your eyes from seeing the word of God. I came to tell you by the power of the living God that you will amount to more than you ever thought. God has a great future for you because that is what his word says. Your minds are liberated. Say amen. Your life is liberated. Your thinking is elevated. Light is coming to dispel every deception in Jesus' name. There are things, these things cover our eyes and prevent us from seeing correctly. Just like Lot, whose name means covering. As long as he was with Abraham, Abraham could not see correctly. But the day Lot left, God came and opened up Abraham's destiny to him. This day, I pray for you. Any covering that prevents us from seeing, they are removed in Jesus' name. Coverings of mistakes, coverings of fear, coverings of the past, coverings of the knowledge that fight against the knowledge of Christ coverings of demonic influences they are all removed in Jesus name may every satanic blindfold be removed in Jesus name your mind is liberated say my mind is liberated listen when Ananias prayed for Paul the Bible says that scales fell from his eyes what was happening to Paul physically is what happens to us spiritually
spiritually when the word of God comes to us, when light comes to us. And I lay my hands on you as you are listening to this word, the spirit in spirit, there's no boundary. Listen, I lay my hands on you and I pray for you. May the scales fall off. May every scale on your eye fall off today in the name of Jesus. Scale of fear, scale of anxiety, scales that, or that depresses you, scale of small thinking, scales that prevent you from seeing God's word. May they fall off in the name of Jesus Christ. You want to say, God, thank you because my mind is liberated. My heart is liberated. My eyes are liberated. I see correctly now. I see correctly now. And because of the light, I just want you to know that your life is never, ever going to be the same. Because of time, I can't say this. But let me just mention that there are things you ought to do in order to see right after you have prayed. Renew the spirit of your mind. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23. Renew your mind. Number two, refuse to conform to the concept that is not the word of God. Refuse it. If it is not God's word, don't see it. And number three, the Bible says that Cleopas and his friend, their eyes were open when Jesus broke the bread. And the bread is the word of God. I want you to break the bread. I want you to read the word. God wants you to read the word. Break it. Study it. Apply it. Meditate on it. Practice it. And the more you break the word, the more your eyes are going to be open to see what God wants you to see. If you want to see well, because if you are in darkness, you are not going to see well. But if you want to see well, you want to see, come into the kingdom of light, I want you to lay your hands on your heart and just briefly pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. I come to you. Forgive me of my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Even as I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. If you pray this prayer with your heart, I want you to, learn, I want you to know that you are a believer. God loves you. Find your Bible believing church and join. Or you can worship with us. I see Jesus the Harvest Temple on top of Kovijima building and we will help you grow in the word and in the spirit of Christ. You can also contact us on 020-7113-249. 249 and we'll have a chat with you. Until then, we'll see you again. Bye-bye.